Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got Kip Adams with me this week uh, for our second episode. And, uh, you know, let's get ready for spring practice when we break out the two episodes a week, which I would imagine will be the case once we get in with spring ball starting on Tuesday. Uh, Kip, how is this Thursday treating you as uh, the countdown is to, what, four or five days until we're back uh, watching the Bulldogs? Yeah, we, we made it through our third winter. Um, got Was very overconfident in my dress the other day. Came out uh, in shorts and proceeded to uh, run back to the bedroom. It was, it was back, uh, I think, I don't know. It felt like it was low to si- mid-60s in the house. It was cold. Uh, compared to the 78 to 80 degrees we we hit a, just a couple days before so as rusty tweeted uh, i think a couple days ago in his uh his timeline for atlanta we hit that third winter and and now uh, i can already tell uh the front porch is just covered in pollen so uh spring is here and that means i mean yeah spring football you know this is the kind of the, the off season for you know for football, but there are a lot of sports going on right now. You know, getting ready for the NBA playoffs. Uh, I mean, you got NASCAR. Rusty's down there, just you know, watching it. You know, uh, watching golf and 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 imagining what you know what all those bunkers felt like uh, the other day. Uh, it's there's a lot going on right now. I mean, March Madness right around the corner. This is a very underrated time of the year uh, overall for sports. You know, got uh, spring training and baseball. Hope springs eternal again for uh, for the Braves to you know to get back to the World Series. I feel uh, I feel pretty good about you know most of the uh, the guys we've seen so far this spring. And so yeah, I think uh, this is an exciting time just to be a sports fan in general. And, and uh, you know a lot of people just waiting for the fall to come around but uh you know enjoy it now this is this is a great time to to, to get uh some really really high quality sports action going absolutely and we'll have a march madness pool uh set up for the dog c47 folks uh try to get that set up and have it ready come sunday and yeah you're talking about the braves I, I'm, I'm already i'm looking at those matt olsen mvp odds he's tearing it up down there i'm hoping mm. that he can carry that over this is it. This is the gear. He is he is knocking the cover off the ball. He just needed that year to kind of uh, get acclimated to a team that actually is competitive. And I, I think he's he's ready for uh, a breakout season. I was going to say, I was getting ready for the segue, but you took it right there. Uh, we are going to do, I think it'll be a really fun and, and hopefully uh, fun to listen to episode of this podcast. We're going to do our breakout candidates for Georgia this spring and Essentially, what this is going to be is going to be a draft back and forth between Kip and myself, and we're going to talk about the players that each of us pick and uh, probably just go about as long as uh, 25, 30 minutes worth of a podcast uh, can go. Um, And and to kind of clarify, you know, who we're picking from, we took out pretty much anyone who started. So don't uh, listen to this episode and say, man, they didn't pick Michael Williams. They didn't pick Malachi Starks. They're not on the board. We consider those guys, guys who have started, Guys who are coming back uh, and you know played really really significant roles last year, they're off the board. We we are not allowed to pick them, uh, but we're going to go through and 
this will be something fun, I think, to revisit once spring ball ends in mid-April uh, to see what we heard about the guys we picked and, uh, you know, how we're feeling maybe if we have a little bit of buyer's remorse on some of the names. So to kick us off, I think it's only fitting. I did want to say, too, uh, credit to uh, my good friend Justin Ferguson, who does his own Auburn newsletter, Auburn Observer. They've done this for a few years, and I had listened to their podcast and thought this would be a great idea. And uh, again, I hope everyone listening enjoys this. So we're going to start with Kip. You have the full board. Uh, you get a chance to pick your guy, and we'll kind of do snake where I'll pick two and then uh, vice versa. But Kip, with the number one overall pick, um, who are you going with, and, and what are you sort of expecting to see out of this guy this spring? All right, well, um, I know everyone expects this conversation to immediately go to a certain position, but I'm going to go a different direction. Uh, Just looking at all the, you know, the potential candidates for spring breakout uh, players, I got to go with a guy that I just got done watching dominate in the last game he played, and and that's Bear Alexander, defensive lineman who uh, in in his first year, uh, you know, got to play significant snaps, played in 12 games, had multiple tackles for loss, but uh, you know he, he got a couple of those in, in that national championship game against TCU, playing against you know a a very experienced offensive line. Uh, I believe a redshirt senior center, a couple guys that are probably going to be drafted. And I mean, he he had his way with them. He you know uh, every other snap, I saw him getting a push into the backfield, if not in making a tackle for loss allowing the other players on the team to to make plays. And I think if you look at Kirby Smart's defense, uh, you know, the last couple of years, their dominance, it's been up front. We've been talking about the NFL draft. You know, uh, you know the most talented player in this year's NFL draft is probably Jalen Carter. Last year, number one overall pick and Trevon Walker. You know, you had Jordan Davis, obviously. When, when those guys were on the field, Georgia's defense played at a different level. If they're going to continue to play at that level, they need that kind of play to carry over. And if you look, if you look at the, you know, the guys coming back, Bear Alexander checks all those boxes of a guy that when he's on the field, he has showed he can be a playmaker. He can show he could be very disruptive. And just his overall strength uh, was very impressive in his first year at a position where you don't typically see guys come in and immediately play the kind of role he did. I mean, Jordan Davis did when he came in, uh, but even guys like Trevon Walker and Jalen Carter, you know, they had to kind of get acclimated to college football before they were actually playing the kind of snaps that that Barry Alexander played in his first year. I was very impressed with him. And I think that, you know, if he's starting in year two or if he's in that two-man rotation and, and playing, you know, a lot of snaps, I, I think he's ready to step up and be a key part of this defense. But I think this spring, he's really got a chance to make a name for himself and show that he can be that that next guy uh, in, in that defensive line that now is for Trey Scott. I mean, he's starting to get a, a hell of a resume. And I just think that uh, this could be that next guy for Georgia really like what Bear Alexander brought to the table last year and and a big recruiting win for Georgia, uh, getting him out of the, you know, getting him out of Texas, but also just getting him ready to play SEC football. And I think, uh, you know, a year in the offseason, the strength and conditioning program, the sky is the limit for him and what he might be able to do in this defense. Nate Dog commented and said, I think Bear's going to be a monster next year. I think that's a great pick, Kip. I think, uh, you know, I don't want to share our draft board. We don't like doing that, but Bear was very, very high. But we think there's a lot of talent still out there, and we're going to get the guy. Much like a coaching search, we got the guy we wanted. We, we like what we're going to get. But I want to throw out there his statistics. 12 games, nine tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks. A really productive season for Bear Alexander. Uh, saw uh, the comment. Someone said something about Michael. I think he's already broken out. You know, I don't think he's a guy. We don't have him on our board just because what he already showed as a freshman. Um, you know, kind of want to see some more guys that we think can take really significant steps, whether it's talent, playing time, things like that. I think Michael has really already kind of established himself, even understanding that he can get better. Uh, so I'm going to have the next two picks, and I'm going to go defense, and I'm going to go offense. So we'll go one at a time. And defense – Going with Jalen Walker, I think that he was very, very impressive. Uh, I think that 
Uh, he was a guy, you know, recruited to play inside. They, you know, had the size to move outside. Nolan Smith gets hurt, and they kind of retweak things, and Jalen plays out there, and I thought he played fantastic. And if you're listening to this on Thursday, earlier Thursday, I posted a story looking at the outside linebackers, and, you know, a lot of the talk's going to be about quarterback, and there's a few other battles that I think we'll hit on during this podcast. But to me, outside linebacker is really interesting. Is a guy like Jalen Walker, a guy that even as a sophomore could wind up starting? I, I think he's got the talent. I thought he showed flashes throughout the time he got to play and could be a guy um, that all of a sudden you turn around and he's starting with um, you know a couple of juniors at inside linebacker and Smile Munden and Jamon Dumas-Johnson. But uh, last season, Jalen – 15 games, nine tackles, two tackles for a loss, one sack. Not incredible numbers, but he was a guy that wasn't starting. And, you know, I thought he played well. Um, You know, thinking back to his last game against TCU, he made plays in that game. Uh, I I think really highly of Jalen Walker. I think he's got a chance to have a very productive sophomore year. Yeah, definitely. And he's unique. He kind of has that Quay Walker to him where, you know, you can play him a little bit inside. Uh, He kind of was recruited for a little bit of, you know, both roles. But so far – He's kind of made the most hay just being a guy that can get into the backfield, uh, kind of that that edge rusher. And that's definitely an aspect of Georgia's defense that they're still looking for. And, and the fact that, you know, he can provide some help there uh, heading into the spring, big for Georgia. You know, I, I like that pick. He's, he's a guy that has played a lot of football early on in his career, very talented, and definitely just has everything you, you look for in a linebacker and potentially, you know, uh, maybe one of the leaders of this defense, you know, as they look to fill some of the guys that are, are now going on the NFL, uh, looking for more leadership. He's definitely the kind of guy in the locker room that, that can make sure that everyone is is playing up to the Georgia standard. So I'll be interested to see what kind of role they have for him this spring. I think, it, you know, there's a lot of versatility in this game, and I think Kirby Smart really puts a high value on that. Well, we talked about quarterback briefly. You mentioned them. They're all still on the board. Kip, I got to go out and get my guy under center. I really think that uh, you can't go wrong with any of these options, but I'm going to go with Carson Beck with my second pick. Uh, I just think the fact that he is the backup, you know, he was the backup last season. I think the fact um, that he played well, you know, when he was on in the in the game on the field, 310 passing yards, four touchdowns, uh, he was the only one besides Stetson Bennett among the quarterbacks who completed a pass last year. You know, Gunnar Stockton did not see the field. He was more of a scout team guy. And I think uh, Brock Vandegrift might have had two attempts but didn't complete either of those. I do really think that this is going to be an open battle, especially you consider um, that, you know, while while Mike Bobo was there last season, you're kind of starting over in terms of, you know, it's not the same offensive coordinator. And I think that you're going to get – all three of these scholarship guys are going to get a look and they're going to get a chance to prove themselves. But I like what Carson brings to the table. Um, he's a little bit, uh, I think, more mobile than people think. He's not Stetson Bennett by any means, but he does have the height that Stetson lacks. So uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a very intriguing battle. But of these three quarterbacks coming in the spring, I feel really comfortable uh, picking Carson and seeing what he's able to do. I like it. I'm uh... I'm glad you went ahead and got a quarterback, you know, and now I can go ahead and, and, and you know, w- wait a little bit, wait a couple of rounds to take mine. Yours is already off the board. So that actually kind of plays into what I kind of wanted to do with my draft. So, yeah, I like Carson. He's got a lot of talent. He has waited patiently to kind of showcase that. And he, he's got uh, outstanding arm talent uh, overall, just uh, what he brings to the table. I think he, he may have been, you know, the most talented quarterback in the room the last couple of years, just based on uh, what – you know, that arm release, it's really quick. Uh, he can, you know, a lot of RPM on his throws. But uh, for as for me, you know, I like to build my team at the line of scrimmage. So, uh, you know, that's that, that's kind of a focal point for what we're trying to do here, uh, you know, on, on Team Kip. And my next pick is uh, offensive tackle Ernest Green, uh, a guy that I think that, you know, when we saw him out in the spring, everyone was like, this guy's already working with the the ones. All the offensive linemen that, that Georgia's brought in, you know, all the uh you know the the five stars, top one hundred guys, but we had a true freshman out there, uh, you know, that that got some reps of the ones ultimately, you know, made the start with the second team offense at left tackle. 
we thought, okay, Mark, you know, go ahead and and put him down as the you know the second string left tackle going into this first season. Well, you know, injuries kind of uh, prevented him from making the impact that you thought he was going to, and so he didn't even get to the play in a game. And, and so, if we're talking about guys who can again have a breakout spring, I think now. Uh, there's an offensive tackle position that is up for grabs. We don't know if it's going to be left or right. Uh, you know, we, you know, that all boils down to where Stacy Searles and that coaching staff feels most most comfortable with. They're going to try a lot of combinations this spring. Obviously, Amarius Mims, you know, played really well at right tackle when he got the chance in in the playoffs last year. That could be they could keep him there, knowing that again that he played outstanding there against high quality competition. But at the same time, that left tackle position, you want to feel comfortable about someone who's had some experience. You don't typically want to throw in a guy who's never seen live action at left tackle. So, again, this spring's going to be really important uh, for that, you know, that left tackle, right tackle uh, battle. But regardless, I like Ernest Green. I think he showed he's had he's got the talent to the to go in there and, and earn a starting position. Kirby Smart is not been afraid to put in true fresh moves all with Andrew Thomas you know guys like Jamari Sawyer they can play important roles uh you know as they're in their first year uh actually seeing action and which is basically that'll be you know what Ernest Green is going into his second season in Athens but a guy that lost 20 30 pounds uh when he needed to to be able to compete for snaps early on uh, already shows the kind of competitive drive you want from offensive linemen I think what 6'4 325 you slide him in at left tackle, right tackle, and I think uh, he's going to be able to perform at a high level. I and mean, you saw what the story that Jordan had the other day with Warren McClendon. He stood out to him. He actually pegged him as the guy that will probably replace him You know, as one of the offensive tackles. And I know that there's other guys that are going to be in the mix. It's going to be a, a competitive spring on at the offensive tackle position. But I like Ernest Green to, to step up and, and, and be a big-time part of this offensive line that basically returns four starters from the college football playoff. I think it's a great pick. He was really high on my list, even before what Warren had said at the combine, just because, like you said, Kip, going through spring ball last year, we were like, wait, who's 71? Work? It was like, oh, that's one of the freshmen. It was like, oh, it's Ernest Green. And uh, that continued you know, into G-Day. He was the starting left tackle for the second team offensive line. And it's just, you know, he was a guy that um, had to deal with some injuries. I think a hamstring early in fall camp. And then he wound up having back surgery that essentially ended his season. But I had talked to him January 7th, right before the national title game. Seemed to be in really good spirits. We had seen him participating in some of those viewing periods we had had going back to the Peach Bowl. Um, I really like that pick. I think Ernest Green's got a chance uh, to play a really big role. And and we're going to learn, I think, very quickly um, just what kind of contributions he can make um, just based on who he's working with once we get into spring ball. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Kip, you will have another pick. and It'll go back to me uh, as we continue to go through our spring breakthrough uh, draft. Uh, but we'll take a quick break and come right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm over here writing out notes for future trades, maybe to get get a higher pick in the 2024 edition of the spring uh, breakthrough draft. We'll get on the line and uh, see what we can do there. But Kip, you've got the next pick. You j- you've got off the board a, a redshirt freshman in Ernest Green and a sophomore in Bear Alexander. Uh, what do you want to go with next for your next spring breakthrough pick? Well, now that I've shorted up the line of scrimmage, uh, let's see what we can do at the skill position. I'm going to go defense here. And we just talked about the offensive tackle competition this spring, going to be you know one of the highly contested uh, position battles we uh, we cover. I think the other one is probably going to be a cornerback. You look at Keely Ringo heading to the draft. Uh, who is going to start opposite of Kamari Lasseter? So I'm going to take the guy that I think has already shown he's up for the task, and that's Dalen Everett. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he is a guy that came in and uh, kind of moved ahead of Nylon Green right off the bat, you know, as a freshman. Uh, and there's just he just brings a little bit of everything to his game. I think that he's an overall uh, a very solid cornerback, a guy that I, I think can play off man, uh, can play cover, can press really well. Um, played in, what, 14 of the 15 games uh, as a freshman, had a pass breakup and uh, about a dozen tackles, I think. I think right now uh, he has learned a lot uh, from Keely Ringo and Kamari Lasseter. I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, is only going to get better. I really liked him coming out of high school at IMG Academy. I think they prepared him well to come in, uh, as they often do, uh, prepared him to uh, come into a, an SEC program and, and what they you know they expect out of their players on a day-to-day basis, that consistency. And he got up to speed. Uh, I, I think uh, he is an SEC cornerback through and through. And uh, I think that he's a guy that can come in and, and really provide solid coverage. Going to be tested because now, I mean, Kamari Lasser has shown. I mean, he is battle tested as they get. And, uh, you know, it's a secondary that's going to be replacing two starters. You're going to be asking a lot of whoever starts opposite a corner, but it, it kind of feels like that's that's kind of the rotation now. You know, you have someone who's established as a top cover corner, other guy gets tested, and then he, you know, next year he becomes that guy. And I think that can definitely be Dalen Everett next year for Georgia. And, and I expect him to to really impress this spring against a very, very talented wide receiver core that's as deep as it's ever been at Georgia. Yeah, one of the battles to watch will be with Dalen Everett. And I would imagine Nylon Green will probably be right in there in the mix uh, along with some of those younger guys. Uh, with Dalen, played in 14 games, 13 tackles, a pass breakup. Gotta say, you know, just uh, showing all the cards here, I had Dalen was thinking about him in that first round. Uh, I guess actually would have been my second pick, but I said, look, we got to get a quarterback. We got to get a uh, someone that we trust, and uh, that's what we did, and, and we don't regret it. You know, we wish Dalen well, and we're going to be following what he's able to do. Uh, so, uh, so I've got two picks, and I'm really going back and forth on what exactly I want to do here. And uh, I think my first of these two picks is going to be with a guy that is at a position that I think is going to be looked at uh, quite a bit and scrutinized just compared to what it was able to do last year. I'm going with Oscar Delp. Uh, I think that, you know, we saw so many two tight end sets. I think that we saw uh, so much action with Brock and Darnell starting last year. And, uh, you know, the question is how much, if any of that sort of two tight end sets are we going to see? Uh, are they going to stick with uh, some of these, uh, you know, three receiver sets because of the talent they brought in, which they very well could. But, you know, was really impressed with what we saw from Oscar Delp in his first year. Uh, he gets his first career touchdown. 
uh, in week three against South Carolina, who I don't think coincidentally that was the team that wound up runner up for his services. Uh, I believe uh, his mother might have went to South Carolina, so there were ties there. Uh, but uh, I think that Oscar's got a chance to be really uh, talented and be, have a, a really productive sophomore year. He was called to to play in that Peach Bowl when Darnell got hurt, and I think it was a situation where when you look at that, um, that's a big moment for a guy that's you know pretty much a year removed from high school, but he played well. And uh, again, we'll see how much we see him out there on the field with Brock Bowers at the same time, but. I think Oscar's got a chance to be really, really talented and, and play an important role in his second year as a Bulldog. That was that was the next guy on my board. I went back and forth between him and Dale Everett. Just figured I'd, I'd go one on one offense and defense. Uh, I love that pick. He, you know, when he had to step up when Darnell got hurt, he looked outstanding out there. He obviously no one is going to block the way Darnell Washington can at the tight end position. You know, I mean, he. Todd Hartley said it in the in the build up to the uh, I believe the SC championship game or or it may have been uh, the the Peach Bowl. Uh, he's not going to have a, another Darnell Washington because there aren't any. You know that that is the true unicorn uh, at the position. But what Oscar Delp does bring you is a guy that's uh, you know got high effort, went out there and did his best as a blocker, but obviously going to bring a you know a receiving aspect to the position that. Georgia's already shown uh, they love to utilize. So, uh, you know, uh, they are going to be looking for uh, other uh, targets out there and weapons uh, to spread the ball around. And I think he's going to bring uh, provide them an option that can can make some some damage after the catch and, and stretch the field a little bit more, which is something that Georgia desperately needs. So Kip took what I consider the top offensive lineman among the players that we consider uh, eligible for the breakthrough candidate. So I'm going to take one with my next pick and uh, I'm going with Michael Morris. I think that he's a guy that, you know, playing inside or could even potentially kick outside if needed. Uh, you know, he is going to be a sophomore after being a redshirt freshman last year, played in seven games. I, I just really like what he brings to the table. There's a number of these offensive linemen that I think could really get in the mix some of them more veteran, and I'm a little more hesitant to, to try to grab like a junior or a senior, although did do that with Carson Beck. Uh, I really like Micah's upside, I think, with another year of working with Stacey Searles, a guy that obviously understands this position well. Uh, I, I think Micah Morris could be a guy that we talk about quite a bit by the time spring ball's over. Yeah, and you, know, you talk about the different, uh, you know, trying to get the best five on the field. There's all, always a chance that Xavier Trust gets a look outside, you know, at right tackle. And then at that point, uh, you know, there's another position up for grabs. But then also we saw last year, I mean, Georgia was rotating its left guard. Um, so at, at the same time, while Xavier Trust played, a, you know, a large amount of snaps, Micah Morris could be that guy this year uh, that comes in and, and, and pushes him for snaps at left guard. So I, I think, you know, we're my pick of Ernest Green's kind of just a projection based on what we were able to see of him. But in year two, uh, guys make moves. And I think Mike is definitely a guy that could be one of the, you know, right there in line with an Ernest Green to, to make a move and if not start push these guys for snaps and definitely being the two deep, getting a, getting a lot of, uh, you know, play, significant playing time. So what we'll do, we will ultimately pick six players apiece. So Kip, you will pick two more in a row right here. I will pick one and then we'll kind of alternate with the last two. So you've got two picks in a row right here. All right, let's do it. Well, I'm going to go defense with my first pick. Uh, I like this guy to make a big splash he is a true freshman Joel Nell uh, Aguero I think that uh, he's a guy that we, we just saw last year with Malachi Starks that you can come in as a true freshman and, and and play a significant role in the secondary you know if you're talented enough I think Joel Nell is is one of those guys uh, he is one of the most talented safeties to come out in the last couple of classes. I know that, you know, obviously Dan Jackson coming off an injury, but a guy that, you know, played a lot of football in the last couple of years for Georgia and David Daniels kind of been that, that number two safety there uh, behind Chris Smith, who's now going on, you know, onto the NFL, but that position is up for grabs. And, uh, and I, I think that, 
you know, Jonah has, has a gr- outstanding chance to to get a lot of playing time. I'll be interested to see kind of what they do, you know, at the at the safety position because they, you know, they have a lot of options there, and uh, there are a lot of different ways they can go. Uh, Tyke Smith could be a guy that gets moved back there as well, but. I don't. Th- I just think that Joel Nell is a guy that they will not be able to keep off the field. I just think he is uh, extremely athletic. He has SEC size right now at safety. Uh, is definitely not afraid uh, to lower the shoulder, which I know that uh, David Daniel is, uh, you know, prone to do as well. Uh, it, it's going to be about him knowing, you know, what you can do uh, in college football, as far as tackling and, and, you know, what's going to get penalized. I think that's kind of a key for both those guys. Cause if you just watch, uh, you know, Aguero's film, he, he's a heat seeking missile out there, but he's really athletic. And, and I think that he is a guy that in year one can come in and, and play a pivotal role, if not start being the two deep and potentially, you know, you know, those first couple of games, he could go out there and prove that, he is capable of, of starting in SEC football in his first year. So I just like overall his talent level. I think this spring, you know, he is going to have an opportunity to 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 really showcase uh, what he can do for Georgia football. Really like that pick, uh, you know, a very highly touted recruit coming in. And again, uh, a great example of Malachi Starks, but with any of these defensive backs getting to work, with Kirby getting to work with Will Musham, getting to work with Fran Brown. I think that that only helps them get acclimated. Um, I'm sure there will probably be a few times where we hear him called out, but guess what? That's what happened with Malachi last year. You know, that went in the fall camp that we were here in Malachi, um, but they're going to learn. But I really like that pick. I think that by the end of this, when you look at this, especially the draft value you got there, Kip, where you got him, I, I think that one could really pay off. Man, that's that's what we're all about over here at Team Kip, and, and you know our front office. I got to really tip my cap to the, to the scouts and the guys that that built our board. Spent a lot of time doing it uh, in the last ninety seconds, and uh, you know I just really appreciate all their hard work. And with that, I'm going to make my next pick. And you know what? I'm actually going to stay on defense. Uh, you know, again, going for positional value. You know, saw your pick earlier. Uh, I'm staying at a similar position outside linebacker, and I'm taking Darius Smith. I, I think that he is a guy that, gosh, when he's on the field, you see the athleticism. I mean, a guy that's 6'6", uh, 225 pounds. Um, I mean, everyone saw the photo of him, you know, almost blocking the kick against Ohio State. Uh, if you don't see that and either see flashbacks of, depending on your age, Boss Bailey, you know, or, uh, you know, just Leonard Floyd, uh, the, the similar athleticism. And, and I think Georgia kind of used Darius Smith, a little, you know, similarly to Leonard Floyd and the fact that the, he got some snaps at the star position last year. Uh, and you, you just talk about sometimes, uh, you know, they use that as kind of this, their, you know, jack of all trades. We want to give different looks. The star position does not necessarily mean, you know, you're that extra defensive back out there. You're a guy that, you know, could be an extra pass rusher, could be a guy covering tight ends or running backs, or it could be a guy that rushes, you know, again, rushes the passer uh, when, when they need help doing that. Uh, it's just uh, he has that athleticism. And I think, you know, again, some other guys we talked about on the show, probably would have played bigger roles if they didn't get hurt. I think Darius Smith's one of those guys when, it, you know, that concussion kind of uh, kind of knocked him out of the mix there, uh, you know, literally. And he is set up, you know, if he is able to, the key this spring, you know, maybe add a little bit more weight, you know, can he play at 235? Uh, can he get up to that? You know, what is he? what gains has he gotten in the strength and conditioning program? I, I think uh, he, he's on target and, so far, the returns from the winter workouts have been impressive for him. And he is a guy that is just one of those guys where I don't think we've, you know, even tapped into his potential. And we already know, knowing Smith, Robert Bill, often NFL after tearing up the combine. Uh, he is one of those guys that, you know, as far as his athleticism, I mean, it, it, the sky is the limit for what he could do in this defense it's a crowded position with some incoming freshmen. You also got, you know, like Chaz Chambliss in there as well. I think, uh, you know, it might be a specialized role for Darius Smith, but I think it could be a, a key one. And I think 
this spring, if we're talking about breakout performances, trying in, you know, new guys or guys who haven't played a lot of snaps at offensive tackle, Darius Smith could probably have a field day. Yeah, I think Darius is a great pick and yeah, it almost looks photoshopped the picture of him up in the air in the Peach Bowl. And I asked him before the national championship game, you know, do you think you would have blocked that if it was kicked straight on? And he was just like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like he, he had no doubt he would have got a hand on it. And uh yeah, I think he's a freak athlete and the fact they're willing to move him around sort of lets you know that they think really highly of him and they're going to find a way to get him on the field. All right. So three picks left and we're going to alternate. I'll pick, you'll pick, and then I'll have the last pick. And just to run oh, down, right. just to run down. Yeah. You get Mr. Irrelevant uh, or no, do I, I get Mr. Irrelevant. You flipped it. Yeah. 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 I get Mr. Irrelevant, but uh, just so everybody listening, I'll go through who we picked so far with three picks left. Uh, so Kip team Kip, is defensive tackle Bear Alexander, offensive lineman Ernest Green, cornerback Dalen Everett, safety Jonel Aguero, and outside linebacker Darius Smith. So Team Jordan mm-hmm. is, let's see, outside linebacker Jalen Walker, quarterback Carson Beck, tight end Oscar Delp, offensive lineman Micah Morris. So with three picks left, I'm up, and I'm going to get a guy who we heard about right after the national championship game. And it's one of those rare situations where you have a coach willing to talk about a guy who's not been on campus very long. I'm going with inside linebacker CJ Allen. Uh, I thought that Kirby talking about the job CJ Allen did on scout team, you know, getting ready, giving them the looks for TCU. I mean, I think that speaks volumes about CJ and what he's bringing to the table And, you know, something that I thought was really fun that I was able to do last season was track the stats week to week, the high school stats of some of the guys that were committed to Georgia, some of the targets. And I swear to you, Kip, every single week I was looking at C.J. Allen's like, oh, my God. I mean, you know, it was like he'd run for 180 yards and three touchdowns and have like 12 tackles and two sacks. I mean, it was like every week. And, you know, you got to keep the competition in mind and you got to keep you know, who they're playing and what they're up against. But I was thoroughly impressed with CJ. I really don't think you could go wrong with any of the three inside linebackers. Uh, only two that they signed in this past class. Only two are already here. Uh, Troy Boyles will come in the summer. Um, but I'm going with CJ Allen. I just think he's off to a great start. The fact, again, that a head coach is willing to credit a guy that, you know, had only been on campus at that point for a few weeks with doing an excellent job and getting them ready uh, for what wind up being a blowout victory in a national title game. I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a good pick. And I think, yeah, uh, standing there and hearing Kirby talk, mention him. I mean, that was the one thing that night that struck with me the most. And I just remember like <laughs> mentioning it to you multiple times. I just could not believe Kirby smart brought him up and I, I put a lot of value in the guys that impress on the scout team for Georgia, because when, you know, you're not starting, you know, you're in a backup role, you might not see a lot of snaps, but when you're on that scout team, you're going against the ones. That's what you are doing. Your job is to push the starters. And I think that's a very valuable role at a place like Georgia where, you know, their starters might be the talent, most talented players you go up against all season. And we've established that, that Georgia's practices are, you know, their, their goal is to make them harder than the games. And I think they've been able to accomplish that the last couple of years. And for a guy just to step right in, you know, and, and you know, play that role of a an established TCU starting linebacker and for Kirby Smart to think he did it better than they did it on film, it, just, it speaks volumes of what C.J. Allen, the preparation – uh, the way that he he prepared himself to come in uh, as an early enrollee, skip all America stuff, you know, uh, don't you know, not worried about second semester senior year. I want to go and be a scout team player, uh, you know, for a team competing for a national championship. Um, it, it just tells you all you need to know about CJ Allen, and I mentioned earlier just about the leadership that you know a guy like uh, Jalen Walker might have in that room. Uh, I don't think you're going to find a guy who exemplifies leadership as a true freshman like C.J. Allen will for this team. Uh, we don't know how long Glenn Schumann will be at Georgia. He's going to wait until he finds the right job. But his position room is ridiculous. It's off the charts right now. Uh, it, there are guys that are, you know, 
they're there that are established starters, but the the freshmen coming in are, are just incredible prospects. And when you have a guy like Tresman Marshall leave uh, and go to Alabama so he can start there uh, because he's, you know, he's might not see the field. He might see his role diminished with these freshmen just tells you all about what Glenn Schumann has built in his position room at Georgia. And I think CJ Allen has a chance to be one of the best. I appreciate you uh, supporting that pick so thoroughly. I figured uh, that honestly, he might be off the board by the time I got to that pick, but uh uh, no doubt that I think uh, very highly of what CJ is bringing to the table. Kip, we are in the final round of this draft. So you get the first pick of the final round. Where are you going with it? All right. Well, I waited until the very end, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the easy way out and, and not pick a quarterback. So here I am. I'm going back to offense. That's why I went double defense last round. I knew that I could wait until the, the final pick to take my quarterback. I'm going to go with the quarterback who has the most experience uh, with Mike Bobo and the Bobo family and Gunnar Stockton, uh, a guy that, again, originally committed to play for Mike Bobo at South Carolina. Uh, Mike Bobo's father has a long history with Gunnar Stockton and his family at Raven County, basically is the person who uh, showed that Gunner should be a quarterback. The, you know, this kid can throw at age like seven or eight. Uh, so I, I think, you know, that experience, he knows exactly what Mike Bobo is looking for. And honestly, if you just look at what, uh, if, if George is going to run a similar offense to what Todd Munkin ran last year, and I think they're going to, Gunnar Stockton is the quarterback best built for that role. Uh, you just look at Stetson Bennett, five foot 11, 192 pounds at the combine. Uh, you want a guy that's, you know, that can run a little bit, that stocky can take the hits. Well, Gunnar Stockton is six one or six foot and a half, 210 pounds. Uh, he, he, he is built for that type of role. Uh, and I just think that again, uh, Gunnar Stockton's familiarity with what Mike Bubble wants uh, Mike Bobo's familiarity with Gunnar Stockton and what he brings to the table and Gunnar going into year two, uh, you know, the college football kind of slowing down, uh, you know, able to make reads and progressions faster. I think he's the guy that's really going to shine in the spring and, and, and maybe, uh, make this quarterback competition a little interesting. I'm not saying that, you know, Gunnar Stockton's going to win the starting position. I think this is probably a quarterback battle that's going to go into the fall. But I think Gunnar Stockton is going to stretch that battle more than uh, what people expect. And uh, I think that that's exactly what you want. Uh, you know, maybe Carson Beck's still the starter uh, and wins the, the starting job. But I, I think Gunnar's the kind of guy that can push him and can definitely put some heat on him this spring. Uh, just I, I think that he's a guy that, you know, his overall athleticism um, is going to really shine in spring football, especially in G-Day. I think that's just kind of the format to where he, you know, uh, you can't tackle these guys, really. So I, I think Gunner's going to be able to stretch out some plays and, and, and make some big-time throws. And he's a really talented quarterback, and, and I like his future at Georgia. I think it's a really good pick. And uh, I got to admit, when I picked Carson, I was kind of going back and forth between Carson and Gunner. And uh, you know that we're going to be writing about it pretty much daily as we watch all three, along with Brock Pandegriff, as they compete for that starting role. Last pick, Mr. Irrelevant. I'm going to kind of go with the thought process I had with C.J. Allen, sort of tracking them through high school football, seeing what they did. With the three freshman wide receivers coming in, I really think you could have gone with any of the three. I'm going to go with Yazid Haynes. I thought that he was really talented. I thought that Georgia, you know, sort of like me picking him at Mr. Irrelevant. I think Georgia kind of got in there before everybody really knew what Haynes brought to the table. Uh, 6-1. Uh, 170. I think he's a guy that can make plays. He did it throughout uh, his high school career and ended it on a really high note at North Penn. Uh, I I think any of these three wide receivers that just came in are going to be really worth watching. And keeping in mind, all three were there for bowl practices. So they sort of got a head start, got a chance to kind of give the uh, opposing uh, team, you know, when they were running on scout team, different looks. Um, I really like any of those three wide receivers, but I'm going Yazid Haynes to see what he's able to do this spring. That was the next guy on my board as well. Uh, I think that, you know, they had him in the workout and then they had him work out again. 
just because uh, I guess that maybe he surprised them and they're like, well, this guy is a lot more athletic than what we thought. And then they got him uh, in the fall and he came in for the workouts and Brian McClendon told me when I, whenever I talked to him and, and uh, the build up for the national championship during the media session. Yeah. Uh, we got a steal. Um, and it confirmed everything they kind of thought. And you kind of, you kind of get a little stress. You, you get these guys signed and everyone's all excited. All the fans are already thinking about, you know, 2024 next year's, but for college coaches, you're like, did we sign who we thought we signed? You know, and then you get those guys in early and sometimes you're like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, the, the, this guy isn't who we thought he was, but not in a good way, but Eugene Haynes is, is who they thought he was. And, and they're excited about his, his future at Georgia. They, they think they got a steal. And I, I think they got a guy that's very explosive, you know, has good size as well. And I think he is going to be a prolific pass catcher at Georgia over the next three years. So that wraps it up, but let's look at each of our teams, and I'll read yours off, Kip. Uh, you had the first overall pick. You got Bear Alexander, followed by Ernest Green, Dalen Everett, Jonelle Aguero, Darius Smith, Gunnar Stockton. What do you make of what you got? Anybody that you wish you could have snuck in there? How are you feeling about Team Kip? Uh, it's crazy that I'm going to have six guys that all break out this spring. Uh, you wow, know, you, just bullseye on every one of them. I, I don't. Yeah, you look at the NFL draft, and it's it's more misses than hits, especially for us Falcons fans. We're just hoping to get one or two picks right. Uh, you know, if we could, you imagine a Falcons draft where all six picks hit? It, it would be an incredible sight to see. I think we would probably need a year or two before we actually believed it. But with these guys. Yeah, I feel pretty confident. Yeah, these guys are set up for for a big spring, and they they've already impressed uh, the ones that have already you know you know had a year uh, at Georgia have already showcased uh, their talent and established that you know that they can play in the SEC. So I, I I like you know big roles for them. I will admit I had one guy left on my board just in case I needed him, and he, he it would have been off script. It would have been place kicker Jared Zirkle. It's because, hey, Peyton Woodbring is not going to be here until the summer, spring football. Somebody's got to make some kicks. And I think he made, what, a 21-yarder? Was it, was it Vanderbilt? He made, a, he made a, his, his one field goal attempt, and he's, he's had three or four kickoffs as well. There's a guy set up for a bigger role this spring, and it's Jared Zirkel. I know, you know he's got some walk-ons he'll be competing with, but it, I think you know, the time is now for him if, if he's, if he's going to earn that starting position. It's this spring where he's going to shine. So uh, if you're listening to Rusty, I, I, I did mention a kicker in the show. That would have been your first pick. We all know that, you know, uh, Rusty loves him some specialists. So, uh, you know, in his honor, that was that would have been my mythical seventh pick. It would have been Rusty's first pick. But, uh, hey, we all have different draft boards. I really like how mine fell. Yeah, I think you have a very solid team. So, Running through my team one more time, I had Jalen Walker, Carson Beck, Oscar Delp, Micah Morris, C.J. Allen, Yazid Haynes. Really like my team. Uh, I do kind of wish I'd have maybe gotten a defensive lineman. I thought about Jordan Hall. I thought he could have been a guy. But I do think if I had that seventh pick, I was probably going to go get Andrew Paul because he was a guy that before he got hurt uh, during fall camp, he was getting some pretty good buzz. Tears his ACL has been on the on – the, uh, path to recovery since then and based on what he was telling reporters before the peach bowl uh, he's going to be able to go in spring but on the whole i really like the team i got and uh, i think that uh, we're gonna be really productive and uh, you know gonna you know just you're gonna see me at these interviews and be like it uh, jordan keeps asking about six guys why why does he keep asking he's asked five questions about michael morris this spring is that really necessary Hey man, whatever you got to do, uh, you know, the, the pu push the narrative out there, speaking into action. Uh, I like your team as well. I think it, it just kind of goes to show, uh, that Georgia is a young and talented team and they, they were kind of young last year, which is kind of scary for other teams, but all these names are guys that, uh, you know, are probably going to play really key roles for Georgia this year, extremely talented. So when you're watching, you know, the NFL draft and Georgia has, you know, 10, 11 guys drafted, just remember uh, they had 15 the year before. Uh, you looked as good as they did, you know, during their first championship season. And I think, uh, I think it might be even better this year. 
No doubt about it. So uh, we will get out of here in one sec, and I'll make sure to um, – I'll put up a Twitter poll with these two teams, and, and we'll get people to vote who they think had – between us who had the better uh, team for the breakouts uh, for this spring. But uh, quick Georgia men's basketball minute. Uh, they played in the SEC champion in the SEC championship, yeah, SEC tournament on Wednesday night uh, as an 11th seed and lost to 14th seed LSU 72-67. Georgia season ends. They have the longest active losing streak among SEC teams. Uh, just a really disappointing end to Mike White's first season. They end the season 16 and 16. Um, no way to really kind of uh, wax poetic or, or be positive when you lose to the team that was seated last in the SEC. All I can really say is we're going to keep our nose to the ground when it comes to the program. I think there's going to be a lot of action with the transfer portal, both people coming in, people leaving uh, in the next few days and weeks, and we'll be all over that. Uh, Kip, I know you uh, you stayed up, and uh, I, I barely did. I, I I think as soon as I hit publish on that story, I was out. But very disappointing end to what, on the whole, was still a pretty productive first year for Mike White. I did not expect, uh, you know, Georgia's team, their effort level to go the opposite direction of, of where the the Hawks have been the last couple of days. Um, that is that's not a great sign, but uh, yeah. This offseason is a pivotal one for him. He expecting a lot of, uh, you know, guys leaving, and, and he's going to have to hit that transfer portal just as hard, if not harder, than he did last year. Uh, and so, obviously, you'll be covering that, and I'll, I'll be watching from afar. But I, I think overall, this is exactly kind of what you thought, this how the season was going to go. You just wish that it kind of ended on, on you know, uh, a more positive note. You wanted the, you wanted those wins to kind of come toward the end uh, than, than earlier in the year just for momentum purposes. But overall, this is what you expected. So you can't be, you can't be uh, disappointed. You, you, you're disappointed, you know. You're, you've been whelmed by this first season under Mike White, but uh, it's still a huge improvement from what you saw last year. So let's see if he can make those same strides in year two because uh, that gets you into a tournament. I don't know which one. But if he makes the same improvement next year, uh, Georgia's going to be a team that is tough to handle in the SEC. Being well, spoken like a true Atlanta Falcons fan, Kip. Uh, well, we're going to get out of here on that. I appreciate everybody who listened uh, live, everyone who's checking this out after the fact. Um, again, be on the lookout. I think on Friday I'll tweet out uh, a poll where you guys can vote for Team Kip or Team Jordan based on who we drafted. And we'll keep a note on how those guys uh, perform in spring and everybody else as we follow spring ball. Um, an, another reminder on Monday, uh, we will have a live podcast where we will answer your questions as we get ready for spring ball. Uh, and then on Tuesday, it's going to be all out as we uh, watch Georgia open spring practice and, and follow along with the news from that. So we'll get out of here uh, again. Thanks to Kip for taking some time. Appreciate everybody who watched this live until next time. Take care. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.